Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, and that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The Revelation Red Pill, the kingdom of God is now. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. to Revelation Red Pill, episode 33. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. We are still embroiled in the Israeli-Hamas conflict, a.k.a. just out-and-out war. And you know what we're discovering is, as this continues, everyone and their mother and brother are screaming. You didn't, you changed your shirt. Oh, I thought we were wearing, I can wear my no shirt. No! Everybody and their mother and brother is is trying to fit what's happening right now into the prophetic timeline. Tell so, them about your shirt while you were in a no shirt. So we're going to break that down for you. So I am wearing the two extreme for our constitution, vote no on issue one in Ohio, protect parental rights. We were wearing these shirts today and someone stopped us and they were like, where did you get those shirts? Uh, Candace Keller got them from Candace Keller. I can get you. I can get you hooked up if you need them, um, guys. Here in Ohio on November seventh, we have literally the most radical bill in the entire nation up for a vote, and that is to uh, enshrine in our constitution via a constitutional amendment that allows for essentially with such it, with its broad terms and wording abortion up to birth and could be even taken after birth if you really really went to it would allow children to get their own sex changes and gender changes and sign their own parental consent for children to get abortions without a parental consent like let's say a coach molests a child the child gets pregnant the coach can then take the child to the pregnancy center to get an abortion without any legal ramifications whatsoever the, the wording is so broad that it could then uh, essentially end up legalizing pedophilia and child prostitution. That's what's up on our ballot here in November. So we are voting no on issue one. So we're going to wear these shirts. like Can- I love what Candace, Kel- Candace Keller said. She said, I'm even sleeping in it. So that's that. That's We were wearing these today. When we were on with John Diamond, we were wearing that. Then yeah. we changed into this, and then you changed back into that. And yes. now we're not matching. Sorry. And that's okay. We were matching earlier today. All right. But but seriously, guys, I want you to share tonight's red pill. You know, if you've been tuning in for the last 32 episodes, I think Yay. you get the feeling of kingdom now. We rule and reign as kings and priests. We're advancing the kingdom of God. And then uh, here comes the almost, it's like if you're playing a game with the dispensationalists and they're like, let me play my trumpet card. Trump that. We're in end times. Now. Here we are. Proof. I have war in Israel. I win the game. Done. Over. Finito. Well, we're still here. So you haven't won Here we yet. are. <laughs> and so here we are. We are going to explain to you where we are at. Now, honestly, 
I don't really think we even need to do tonight's show if people were to watch our show with Dr. John Diamond on America Unhinged today. Yes, ma'am. 44 minutes of breaking down what we're going to take three hours to do tonight. You know what? Uh, that is that is true. But Plus, we'll give you some updates. We didn't give any updates earlier so today. So first off, I would actually like to start with how do we solve this Middle East crisis? I'm ready. So there's a biblical principle. Mm-hmm. That if you, you take it, borrow somebody's you oxen and it gets loose on you and it actually damages somebody else's crops or it gets hurt, you're responsible if you borrow it. You break it, you buy it. Break it, you buy it. Okay. Or replace it. So this week, uh, John and Stacy have some grandkids. Sam has some sons, Connor and Brady. And we These are the them. people on our healing ministry team. Yes. And they have, a, they have a farm. And the kids were out there. Uh, Connor, I think, is 13, and Brady's 10 or 11. You had that backwards. Or Brady is 13, and Connor is 10 or 11. And Your auntie card is about were, to be revoked. I know. So we, we've kind of been auntified. I don't know if that can be a thing with the Cantrell kids, um, with the Taylor kids, with the Heidinger kids, or with a lot of kids. We've been auntified, and I will take it. But with, with the, Connor and Brady. With the Barnes kids. We're calling them the Barnes kids to protect their last name. You can have John and Stacey's last name. Yes. Okay, so Brady was driving Nana's golf cart, which she uses to take feed everywhere. They use it every day. He had it full on. Well, as boys do, as young boys do, they try to trick each other and kind of mess each other, mess with each other. So Connor thought it would be a good idea to slam it into reverse. Well, while going imagine, full speed ahead, you can imagine <clears throat> that that the golf cart didn't like that too much and the axle broke <laughs> and the kids and some other stuff broke and uh, they went and got mom and mom was said, well, now you have to tell Nana. Nana uses this every day and I'll be with you. But whatever she says or does, I mean, you, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but they go to Nana and Nana says, have you, you know, have you learned a lesson? And she walks him through learning the lesson. So Michelle and I, this, you know, we were praying about it. And, and we thought that as aunts that we might need to weigh in just a little bit. Because sometimes it's helpful to have a little outside perspective. Perspective. So we kind of went over with, with Brady and Connor the cost of a golf cart and how many hours. Well, we didn't talk about the cost of a golf cart. I mean, it's no, quite no. expensive. We that, went over the we potential were, of the we cost. Like we didn't, three we didn't, four thousand we didn't crunch any numbers. No, we didn't. We didn't say I any did. numbers. I, said, I said about no, three. We did. I don't remember hearing a number. Well, Maybe golf we carts are, you know, a used golf cart's probably three or four thousand dollars. Ain't cheap. So the point is, they're telling this, these young men that it takes to try to crunch the numbers to see how many hours they would need to work to pay this off because you need to learn a lesson that when you borrow something. Um, it's got to hurt a little bit. It's got to hurt, and to, you need to replace it. And I, would, I gave an example of somebody took your fishing pole or your bike, and they purposefully uh, did something to damage it. Right. Um, then you would want them to replace it. You yes. wouldn't want that. You know, you'd want them to feel. And, that's and keep the, in mind that Connor and Brady love Jesus. They do. And they pray. They will pray with their family. Mm -hmm. So these boys get it. They totally yeah. get it. And they are forced 
uh, to listen to a lot of Resistance Chicks. They do. They listen to a lot. They, I think they enjoy it. They love so us. So they're part of our Resistance Chicks family. Yes. And so we gave them a pretty tough love message of having to maybe work with Papa on on replacing it or doing the best they can. And then on loving one another and uh, encouraging one another and thinking to themselves first, what would God want me to say to my brother? Mm. How would God mm. want me? And then maybe thinking of instead of how do I mess with my brother and trip him or something, how do I encourage him today? Now, I wasn't sure how this would be received. But let me tell you, I'm, I'm actually going to play for you. Do I have anything up here that can't be up here? No, but you just need to be in the right, the right one. So back okay. up. There's Brady right there. I am so proud of these young men. Now, why am I playing this in the Revelation Red Pill? Because Israel and Hamas, on a giant scale, you need to learn a lesson here from Connor and Brady here. No, nope, that's it. Jason. Oh, wait, wait, we're going to do it in real time. Just hold it back here. We're going to work on Auntie Leah and Auntie Michelle. And we're going to work on uh, the farm with Nana and Papa next time we go up. And we're just going to work on being better brothers to each other. Yeah, and me and Connor are fishing out a pond with our friend over there. Um, He's over there. Uh, Yeah, so we're just fishing. And so me and Connor just responding to Liam Michelle and um, Nana because we feel bad about the golf cart and we want to fix it. Well, mostly Connor, but <laughs> I also feel bad. Technically all me. And all he said technically all me. Or all for how much the golf cart costed, it would have costed two weeks worth of no, not even. Like a whole year. No, two weeks worth of. Could be two weeks. It could be a whole year. It's a lot power. of time. That's what he gets, I think. So, yeah, Connor's just gonna fish. Me and Dante are also gonna fish. So, uh, yeah. So, bye. Wait, here comes Connor. So I totally agree with you, Papa. That. His papa said we We're could work have on a it. Blast building it. And they'd have fun. We're probably just gonna forget about it and then move on <laughs> once it's fixed. And I'm super excited for it. Forget about it. Wait, not forget the lesson. Yeah, not forget the lesson, but it's just gonna be excited, exciting, like helping you guys. And I'm super excited. And I'm also excited that Liam and Michelle are my aunts now. That's the best part. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank you. Okay, that's it. Okay, so I actually really like Jason's response after that too. By Jason, the way. Jason broke a mirror at one point. It was it was a it was a glass like a piece of glass and a hutch. And he says, "Parents said you keep leaning back in that chair, you're, you're gonna, gonna break, break it." That glass. And he said, after a hundred times, he did break it, and it cost him two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks came out of his savings a long time ago. Yeah. So I wanted to share that with you because, guys, this is one of these things in this region: um, the Jews and the Palestinians and the Arabs. They have common ancestors. Yeah. They're, they're brothers, okay? And somehow, some way, we had to find a way to bring the power of God and the love of God on a bigger scale. They're, they're breaking buildings. They are... Um, not just golf carts. Not just golf carts. People are losing their lives. 
And that's where, if you don't nip this in the bud, right? In, in, in these you mean it, years, it should have been nipped in the bud a long time ago. Okay, with the love of God. With Jesus. Here's the thing. Not Connor Brady, I mean Israel and Hamas. No, if you don't, hatred starts young. Yep. Right? And if you, the Bible says to train up a child in the way should, they should go. And I'm super proud of their messaging. And I wish that I'm so proud Israel of you guys and Hamas you need to take listen. lessons from Connor and Brady. Okay. Now, we are going to go over the top kind of headlines of where we're at in this in the news war is with, with the war and then we're going to take a biblical perspective so if you're tuning into this years down the line because this is a series i would encourage you to stay tuned because this isn't just about current events we are going to explain to you where israel fits on the prophetic timeline you know why you want to stay tuned because everything that we've been doing in a revelation red pill is designed to apply to these kind of situations so if you're watching this years down the line and Israel gets attacked again and we haven't fixed it yet, watch this episode. All right, so let's start with this. Uh, the United States has vetoed a UN Security Council resolution on Gaza and Israel. Russia's delegate to the United Nations, United Nations expressed that everyone who opposed their draft resolution for a ceasefire in Gaza bears responsibility for what is happening. So in these voting results... You have um, Albania, Brazil, China, Ecuador, France, Gabon, Ghana, Japan, Malta, Mozambique, Switzerland, and the United Arab Immigrants voting uh, for the UN resolution here. And then the United States against, and then Russia and the UK abstaining. I have a pro-Palestinian protest. Now, I am so positive that every single one of these is going to... A pro-Palestinian protesters have taken over the u.s capitol today now i am absolutely sure that every single one of these people are going to be arrested and the book hit at them and they're going to be charged as insurrectionists right yep it's to the right i'm getting it hang on i'm closing okay. all this out here one to the right of that. hang there on we go. we're getting there one second I, gotta do the, I didn't have these up, so I got to get That's the wrong one. I know it's the wrong one. We're getting there. Would you calm down for one second? I am calm. I had to get a whole other screen right. up. Yeah, I got it. I got to it. To the right one more time. Right here. Right here, right here. Right now you are. Oh, my gosh. So um, where does this fit in with uh, January 6th? They took over the Capitol. They're in the U.S. Capitol. They have taken over the Capitol. They should all go into jail, FBI, and their whole families. They've literally taken over the Capitol. What do you mean, where does it fit into January 6th? Hello, they took over the Capitol today. I wasn't done on that one. That's what I was, that was what I was The thinking. darkest day but, of you history. You weren't done. It's just playing. It's the video. It went to the next one. No, it didn't. It's oh, 29 did it? seconds. Okay, good. I thought it went to the next video. Would you like to have control of this mouse tonight? No. Okay. I, I'm just saying. I thought it played the next video because we were outside of the Capitol there. Okay. What do you want to go to next? I was saying, where does this fit on with January 6th? That's exactly what I was saying. I was saying the same thing you are. It was my sarcasm. So where does it fit in with January 6th? They should all go to jail or they shouldn't. And neither should anybody from January looks 6th. Like, looks like we lost the video. All right. So um, here we have Joe Biden. I have no idea what he's saying here. He's definitely gone. He addresses reporters today in very broken sentences. Virtually every mass shooting, every circumstance where a large number of people have been victimized and lost, I spoke to them. I learned a long time ago, but you all learned in your life to as Joe well. Say it? Because he doesn't say it well. 
virtually every mass shooting, every circumstance where a large number of people have been victimized and lost, I spoke to them. I learned a long time ago what you've all learned in your life. When someone's going through something that is beyond their comprehension, they've never thought they'd have to go through if they see someone who they think understands or maybe they through something not the same but similar, it gives them some sense of hope. And I always get criticized sometimes on my staff because when I go to these events, I stay for three or four hours and answer all their questions. But it matters. It matters a lot. And, uh, and look, I'm talking, some of you have gone through a hell of a lot more than I've gone through and a lot more than other people. You understand. So it's just, it's just, uh, people are looking for just something to grab, something that gives them some sense, sense of hope. And that's, if I can do a little bit of that, then. No, you can't do even a little bit. Uh, that that all, video leaves me very hopeless, Joe. The look in his face, he is gone. Joe has left the building. He Joe. is a shell of a human being. And you'll see here, he was supposed to meet with, he's here with Bibi Netanyahu, and he is falling, stinking asleep. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State, would he and I work in the Senate to write something for a man? He said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we lead, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time, you know. You know, just, just I actually sympathize with Joe that. because sometimes on this show, if we've been up for like Scott Kesterson week, that's what we're gonna call it, you know, and you're just so tired because you're running on two hours of sleep and carnivore, and um, and you you it's hard to stay awake during the shows. Like I get that, so I think that I so I feel bad for Joe because I think that at his age he might be feeling that. And he cannot, he doesn't have the wherewithal to withstand it the way that we do. He's to like fight that, it. He's like that every day, all day. He's like that as soon as he wakes up. That's what I'm saying. It's his old age that just makes him that way always. Hmm. Tales from the Crypt. All right, so this is the big story of today. All right, so supposedly yesterday we heard that Israel bombed a Christian hospital in Palestine and killed 500 people, and they were mass murderers. Now, now that day has broken, we now have video of the scene showing the explosion is from the parking lot and the building is actually intact. There is no crater, no building demolished, and 500 people have not died. And the whole entire world went with Israel bombed a hospital and killed 500 people. Wow. And it was a Christian hospital. So... And then the Hamas apologists which I will never be one, if, even if I criticize Israel. They knew that the hospital was embalmed. They told everybody the hospital was bombed. They told everybody there were 500 people dead. They lied. And you know what I can't stand? In the midst of all of these things, whether it's Ukraine or Russia, the, the, the inflating of the numbers, the inflating of the tragedy. Tragedies are enough, but when you make up numbers 
and you make things up. Have you ever heard of the boy who cries wolf? Yep. No one's going to believe you when it's actually true. So stop lying. And I know you can't because Hamas uses babies as human shields. We are going to get into Israel in a minute. Okay? And we have plenty to say about Israel. Do not get me wrong. But Hamas uses babies. I saw a video of Hamas with a, a, a clear baby doll that they were pretending was a baby in a hospital. You're kidding. It's all, it's, they do it in Syria. They do it in Gaza. Guys, when you play it up like that, nobody's going to believe you when it's real. All right, here's a few. The IDF releases new video purporting to show a rocket fired from Islamic Jihad striking Gaza hospital. Oh, and by the way, it wasn't. Hospital in Gaza. When a rocket aimed toward Israel, misfired and landed in Gaza. It was, it was Hamas's. This isn't the first time. It was, it, I don't know if it was Hamas's, but I believe it was Rockets Hamas's fail. own rocket. It wasn't Israel's, I can tell you that. These failed rocket launches. This is what happens, Michelle, and the when you dig up two million dollar, however many million Gaza. dollar water pipeline, and you make rockets from water pipelines. They're not all. You're going to blow yourself up. You will. You're going to blow yourself up. You're going to blow up other people. I have. have has anybody ever set up bottle, bottle rockets? They they don't always go where you hope they go. Okay. You know we shot some off some off by a school once. On October 17th, they didn't go where we wanted them to go all the time. All right, we have a few of these. I want you to see. Baghdad, Iraq. Crowd head towards the U.S. Embassy chanting, America is the greatest devil. Okay, friendly folks. AOC says, bring him on over. We'd love to have him. You want to have him over for dinner? Next. Large crowd angry over Gaza attempting to break into the American military base in Kirkik, Turkey. Nice people. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, I understand that the in Gaza there are like a ton of people. Uh, but in Jerusalem this area where this occupation is taking place. All of these people all over the world that are so furious about the Israeli quote-unquote occupation, as they call it, mm. would all of these people that we're watching on these videos that are just so mad, would they all fit there? Look, I'm just asking for a friend. No. No, spread out. Protesters in Lebanon setting the American consulate on fire. They're, they want to use the Palestinians as human place cards. Save my seat. So, like, okay, for example, Montreal, Canada. Okay, here we are in Montreal. I'm just saying all of these people that are protesting, are you trying to get there? No, they're trying to live there. They want Palestinian to be Arab again. That's Palestine to be Arab again. All right, I'm going to read this to you. This is from Hassan Abdul Hassan. He's a research fellow at... Um, let me read it. You're going to be doing okay. a lot of talking. 
as Arabs. Our message to the world cannot be restricted to eliciting global sympathy for the children of Gaza. We cannot depict ourselves as helpless children, behind whom we hide our failure to control our Hamas thugs who massacred 13 non-combatant 1300. 1300 non Israelis. This is a moral failure that the world sees, but that we try to hide behind the, quote, rights of the Palestinian people, rights that none of us are willing to articulate. Free Palestine can mean anything from an Arab Palestine, Palestinian state living in peace next to Jewish Israel to an Arab Palestinian state instead of Jewish Israel. For Arab-Israeli peace to happen, and since Palestinians are either children or Hamas thugs or useless corrupt uh, Mahmoud Silicon face Abbas, non-Palestinian Arabs should step up to save the Palestinians from themselves and save the region ongoing sorrow. We Arabs have to show the world that we are at peace with the idea of a Jewish state, that we are willing to concede what we believe, rightly or wrongly, is ours, 1948 territory, that we genuinely want bygones to be bygones without secretly holding grudges and passing them to our children. We must seek a better future for ourselves and our kids, as well as for Israelis and their kids. The Palestine, da Palestine da disaster, Nakba, is not a disaster of land loss or military defeat. It is a disaster of absence of leadership that can articulate the Arab alternative to war and death. We ask the world to stop the Israeli war on Hamas, but what do we offer as an alternative to stopping the war? Just let those Hamas thugs who massacred 1,300 Israelis get away with the, their crime because there is a history of dispute. Ask Israel to go back to October 6th, knowing that Hamas can break out of the Gaza fence and repeat its massacre any minute. Hamas must go. We Arabs must help get rid of it. And most importantly, we must show that we have a plan for the day after Hamas. Let's learn from the mistake of Iraq and Arab Spring countries, that once what we have, have is gone, what comes next looks worse. Let's preempt the worse by offering the better. As long as we, the Arabs, do not have answers to all these questions, the world will manage things without us. It does not matter if all of us, 1.3 billion Muslims, think that Israel is at fault. What matters is global perception, which clearly thinks that Islamist terrorism is the problem, not Israelis dancing at a music festival. And we, the Arabs, are not even talking to the world. We are talking to each other, patting ourselves on the back for being utopian and principled on Palestine. While we are in fact, ideologically, idiotically. I, idiotically, thank you, out of touch with reality, we insist on our backward message, then act surprised why many of our states are failing and why we are migrating in droves. Please stop treating Palestine like religion, like we have to stick to our principles to win credit in the afterlife and to garner social acceptance among each other, Arabs and or Muslims. Please think of Palestine like a problem that requires troubleshooting, compromise, pragmatism, and most importantly, looking toward the future, not the past. Mm. All right, so here we have, and I'll get, that to, get to that in a second, Iranian leader Khamenei in a rare speech. Go ahead, we can read it. If these crimes continue by the by the Zionists, the Muslims will lose their patience. Go ahead. You can. The resistant forces. Hang on. I wasn't ready for that. Will lose their patience. No one will be able to stop them at that point. They should know this. They shouldn't expect others to stop this or that group from doing these or those things. No one will be able to stop them once they have lost their patience. This is a reality. 
Of course, no matter what the Zionist regime does, it will not be able to compensate for the disgraceful defeat that has experienced, it has experienced in this matter. So basically he's saying that um, whatever they do, we're going to come after them and that it's they're rubbing salt in the wound saying that they have, uh, the 1,300 Israelis that have been injured or killed are a disgraceful defeat in battle, in war. We got you. Mm. Pretty crazy, crazy man. All right, let's see what uh, Ocasio-Cortez has to say about all this. Do we have to? <laughs> I think she used some sort of like shoe polish on her head here uh, in the region. But no I wonder what is Israel supposed to do about Hamas after they murdered, brutalized, mm-hmm. abducted over mm-hmm. a thousand of their citizens? Are they supposed to just do nothing? Well, you know, I think what's important to note about a ceasefire is that it's not one sided. Hamas has been sending thousands of rockets into Israel as well. And what is important is for us to identify our goal in terms of what safety means, in terms of what defense means. But and I if think I may, it, Congresswoman, I think the position from Israel's perspective is that there was already an attack. Mm-hmm. And Hamas already committed an attack. Mm-hmm. After that happened, do you really believe that they should not respond to that? I think what is important in terms of response is Israel does have a right to to self-defense. I think what we need to take a look at in this situation is if collective punishment qualifies as defense, if the blockade on water, food, electricity, if the dropping of white phosphorus, uh, which is an indiscriminate weapon, qualifies. So I do believe that there's a discussion to be had here. I don't believe that an either or approach is what is uh, necessary, but we should identify what our goal is, which is the cooling of tensions in the region. Israel's goal is to rid the region of Hamas. They've been very clear about that. And I certainly take what you're saying about the condition of Gaza right now Mm -hmm. for civilians who, as you point out, are not synonymous with Hamas. But for Israel to deal with Hamas, which uh, is a force that is actually detrimental to Palestinians. Absolutely. How else are they supposed to address a violent militant, Mm -hmm. some say terrorist group, Mm -hmm. other than to go in there and and take them on directly? Well, You know, when we talk about going in there, I think we should also keep in mind President Biden's statements uh, as well about what a potential what the implications of a potential ground invasion would be. This is an inherently complex situation. I do believe that Hamas needs to be dealt with. But how, I think, is what I'm and I think what we're trying to figure out right now is that this present situation of collective punishment and and indiscriminate attack is is one approach, but we are seeing that the issues and the complications with that approach now. I'm just can we target them in terms of intelligence? Is there precision? Are what are the options available? Are an entire are, are entirely up to the administration and for for Israel to um, to examine and explore. Hmm. Talk about not being able to answer the question. Oh, and lastly, but not least, no refugees in Jordan, no refugees in Egypt. That is our red line. So Jordan and Egypt are saying no to refugees. And yet they want to bring Palestinian refugees here. Now, Ron DeSantis has come and said no refugees. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, There's talk of 2,000 U.S. troops being brought up. That's not 
um, been uh, ordered yet, but I guess there's talk of it. So the uh, the UN resolution was for a ceasefire, a ceasefire. The big controversy out of the UN Security Council on Wednesday is that the U.S. vetoed a draft resolution calling for a humanitarian pause in Gaza as Israeli airstrikes continue and ground forces are reportedly still staging for an invasion. Do you understand something? How do you have a ceasefire when you have over 100 hostages and Hamas killed or wounded 1,300 people? Oh, but this is what gets my goat. And I'm going to talk about Israel in a second. But for the world to say, go in and destroy and, and get, get and, and, and go after big bad Russia, right? Take Russia out. What, whether Israel let them do this or not, I, we don't know that for a fact. And it's highly, it's possible that they have the intelligence and let them come in. It doesn't matter. They, they, the Hamas did it. Okay, these Palestinian thugs went in and raped women, killed men, kidnapped them. Okay, they did it. I don't care if your grandma put a gun to your head and said, go and rob a liquor store. Okay, come on, you robbed the liquor store. You, we've seen your videos. No one put a gun to your head, Hamas, as you dragged dead bodies out and kicked and spat on them. No one gets to say Israel paid him to do that. No, you really hate these people, okay? There are two sides to this coin, and you hate them. Just admit it. Hamas is a, is a brutal thug terrorist group. I don't care. I don't care who says. Driven by Satan. I don't care if they say, well, Israel funded them. Israel started them. Are you saying these men, 30, 40 years old, 20, 20, 30, 40 years old are all brainwashed by Israel. No, you got the Kayamini there over in Iran saying, ha, 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 you lost the war, you stupid idiot. What is this? This is literally a gang taunting of thugs outside of the schoolyard, but this time it's with rockets and missiles and rape and thuggery. This is insane world. You have Egypt saying, we're not taking any refugees, but hey, Europe, can you take some of ours? Can you take some of our people? You got Europe being filled with Afghanis, Iraq, Iran. You don't listen. If you have refugees from your country, stop speaking. Okay? If you're refugees, if you have refugees leaving your country, you don't know how to run a country. So guess what? You don't have a vote. You don't get to say nothing. Okay, nada, ni nada, nothing. Does it mean that Americans are all high and mighty and, and, and know what to do? No. So maybe nobody says anything. All right? Maybe just some sane people here on the internet with a microphone in between them are the only ones that should be saying anything. All right? Because y'all, this world right now is run by evil. Because Christians let it happen. Okay? Because pastors are literally like, I don't want to get involved with politics. Oh, my gosh. Support Israel. We're going to put it up on our sign. And we're going to support Ukraine. Yeah, it really is really interesting. And we're going to support Israel. But we are so not getting into politics, Michelle. Like, on issue one, like with abortion, like, I know it's in my state and everything. But, like, we don't get into politics. But, oh, my gosh, we support Israel. 
supporting Israel is biblical, not uh, political. Yeah, don't you know? Well, here's the thing. Every single church in America has taken a stand, whether you support Israel or support the Palestinians. Y'all are saying something. So don't tell me you're not political. You're political when you want to be. Okay? You're not political when you're daggum cowards. When it matters. When your voice actually matters. Your voice matters zero. Zero. All right. You guys want to hear what the Bible has to say? Yes. Okay. Let's bring in some Bible. Okay, so I'm actually really mad at Hamas right now, so it's hard for me to go against, you know, kind of... This morning I went hard against Israel. Right now I'm just mad at Hamas. And and the, and the and, and they lied about that, that hospital being blown up. So it's like when two, two brothers are fighting and they are both need to be in trouble and the parent pulls one aside and oh, this really matters. Liar's you. gonna lie, Leah. You really Let made some mistakes here. Patriot Gallery says it was all pre-planned as the border is attacked and uh, Bender is being brought up. Oh, oh, Biden, I think she means. Uh, uh, to be impeached for treason. Oh, Bender. I don't know what for treason with China. Um, Rebecca says, yes, I agree that the church is not all of them, but the majority let him um, let go of the wheel, I think is what she means. Jimmy says, anyone who supports these terrorists is a terrorist themselves. Sherry says, Hamas can only lie. Uh, and then Isaiah 41.10 says, politics is a bunch of nonsense word salads. So embarrassing. James says, AOC is such a baddestin of wisdom. And Lorraine says, after listening to AOC, she feels dumber having listened <laughs> to that babble. Oh, my God. Let go of the wheel. Yes, I get you. I got you, Rebecca. I feel dumb. I do too. Every time I listen to her, every time. You know time. what? Actually, I'm gonna be honest. You feel smarter. Definitely makes me feel smarter. Definitely, she makes me feel so intelligent. I'm like, wow, I could be a congresswoman. I could totally do it if she can do it. I'm just saying. Throwing that out there. Five thousand students from 650 colleges and universities signed pro-Israel letter. That's nice. Okay. You know, what we talked about today with John Diamond. What's that? Y'all need Jesus. All y'all. I don't care. Arab, Israeli, Hamas, everybody in that area or around the world needs Jesus. What is the answer? You know, this, this interviewer was asking AOC, what is the answer? A nice cold shower of Jesus. That's what the answer is. That is how we will fix this problem. So as the church, what do we need to be doing? Not just praying for peace in Israel. Oh, peace in Israel. Pray for peace in Israel. We need to be praying for radical revival in the entire Middle East. Hmm. That, my friends. And if you're not praying for that, if you're praying that Hamas gets destroyed or you know, the Temple Mount is destroyed so that the third temple can be rebuilt. You ain't praying Jesus. You're not praying the will of God. Only praying radical revival in the Middle East is what will get the answer done. That's it. Full stop. These people in Hamas are demonically led. And I say this every time we talk about this, and I'm going to say it one more time. You do not fight demons with rockets. Unless they're spiritual rockets. Mm. We can only fight Satan with the power of God. And the, the, the big beef that I have with the modern church is that they are looking at Israel and they're saying, 
Just keep going. We're cheering you on. We're praying for you. Keep fighting the demons without Jesus. And it's going to work. I know it's going to work because somehow I believe some sort of weird contorted prophecy. And as you keep fighting, what I really hope you do is build the third temple and, and have sacrifices, uh, start doing sacrifices again so that two thirds of you can die so that each Jesus can come back. Literally what 95% of modern churches are saying. And it's wrong. And it's evil. And it's satanic. And stop it. Leah, what else you got? So, uh, I'm going to skip that one. There's an actress who's wondering about where can she get any good news sources because the New York Times and the Washington Post posted that Israel bombed that hospital and they didn't. So, okay. We need to go to the, we need to go to the Bible. Now, where, where is Israel in the biblical timeline? Well, I'm going to start in, earlier today we talked with John Diamond. I'm going to start with in Hebrews chapter 8. Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty of the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is, not, it is of necess necessity that this man have uh, somewhat to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not have been a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of the heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, says he, that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you in that moment. Mountain. In the, in the mount. But now has he obtained a more excellent mystery. Ministry. By, ministry. By, by how much also he is the mediator of a what? Better covenant. Now, you told me last week not to do King James, but you're reading King James, so it's a little bit difficult. Okay, just do the new King James, so okay. that's fine. Of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless... Then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Wait a minute, Leah. Are you saying that we are replacing Israel? No. I'm saying God replaced the covenant. I'm saying the old covenant doesn't stand anymore. I didn't say it. The Bible said Hebrews says it for finding fault with Israel and Judah. He says, I found fault with them. He says, verse six, but now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is a mediator of a better, better, better covenant. The old covenant is passed away. Yep. The old covenant is over and done. There's no old covenant. God loves all people. And that's what I want this message to go out tonight. Whether you are Israeli, whether you are Jew, whether you are Muslim, whether you are Hindu, whether you are Indian, whether you are Samoan, you are all called to be under a new covenant, even Israelis and even Jews. All of us are now on an equal playing field. There is now neither Jew nor Greek in the new covenant. Nowhere does Paul say, but Israel will continue to get the land promises. Show me that scripture in the New Testament. Show me in the epistles 
show me where Jesus says, even if you deny me as your savior, I will still have a covenant with you, my people, and I will still bless you. Even if you deny me, I will still bless you. Show me that scripture. It does not exist. You are living out of the Old Testament. You're living out of the Old Covenant. And you Christians are acting like the Messiah has not come, that he has not created a new covenant, that the new covenant is just, this is what they believe, for the church, and that the church is nowhere prophesied or talked about in the Old Testament. Because you can't find, show me the scriptures for the church in the Old Testament. You're going to tell me that God himself was going to skip an intertestinal period of at least 2,000 years and have nothing to say about 2,000 years of church history. We are supposedly we're one body, but not according to end timers. There's two theories. One is that all believers will reign for 1,000 years. Another is that just Jews will reign for a thousand years. There's also a couple theories on all Israel shall be saved from Romans. Some believe that it doesn't matter if, if, if Jews and, 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 and Hebrews or whatever you want to call the lineage of, of Abraham. Does it matter if they believe in Jesus or not ever that they will come to a place where they believe in the Messiah. Some believe and this is, this is the biggest one that we are in the last days and all of Israel is getting ready to come to know Jesus. Well, if that is true, why don't you start telling them about Exa Jesus? Thank you, Leah Faith. Do you truly believe that they're just going to come to the knowledge of the Messiah in their minds? That none of us will preach the gospel to them. That on their own, it'll just be like, boom, 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 Messiah. And that what? The last 2,000 years of the Jews, because the Messiah didn't show up, they're just not in heaven. Or this is the only way to the Father through the Son. You know, I want, maybe we can go into what we talked about earlier of the schizophrenic church. Leah, because we are taking for granted the idea that the people that are watching have already tuned in to 32 episodes of Revelation Redfield. And I'm going to guess that that is not true. Okay. So I'm also going to guess that not everyone knows what the scriptures say about the end times. So, no, I'm not asking you to do a full recap. Calm down. She just, her whole body just like fell over. Cause yeah, I'm going another direction. You need to understand that when you're looking at the end times, quote unquote, end times prophecies throughout the epistles and the gospels, and even through the old Testament, who is the bad guy? Who's the bad guy? The Besides Satan. The apostate Jews. The apostate Jews. So, right now we're looking at the modern church and they are looking at Israel and they are salivating thinking that this that we are looking at is the fulfillment of all of that, which if you've been tuning in for 32 episodes, you know was fulfilled in 70 AD with the destruction of the temple and the, and the apostate Jews were judged. Two thirds of them did die. And yet, so if you go to apply that and extrapolate from that, this applies for right now. Israel and the apostate Jews are the bad guy. They are the ones that are going to be judged. And yet, and yet the entire body of Christ is saying we stand 
with Israel. We will protect Israel and protect them from what? Because I'm here to tell you it was the judgment of God. These prophecies are prophesying God's judgment on Israel. Now it took place in 70 AD, but if you don't think that it did and you think that this is the fulfillment of it, then what you are doing by quote unquote standing with Israel while you think that this is the fulfillment, then you're standing against the judgment of God on his quote unquote people. So what is this schizophrenic view? Where did this even come from? How did we even get here? Because at the very least, Leah Faith, I would think that with the modern end times theory of the past 150 years, you would at least have all Christians be complete anti-Semites going, the judgment of God, it's coming on you. Or at least maybe if they aren't anti-Semitic, they would be trying to missionize the Jews, save some of them. I think you don't, I don't think you wanted to use that word. Semites don't necessarily mean Jews, and I don't think you would be anti anybody. What I mean is, okay, the 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 sentiment would be so scrap. I said that. Whatever. Yeah, that I don't think you, scrap. I said that. I don't think. What you I mean is, everybody that. in the church would then be going, Jews, you're the bad guys. God's judgment is coming on you, and maybe some good Christians well, would be like, they hey, kinda, God's judgment wait, wait, is coming wait. on you. Please repent now. Actually, they kind of did, and there was a lot of atrocities by Christians against Jews throughout history. So that is a thing. What history? The past 150 years? No, the past 2,000 years. I'm talking about modern end times theory. Neither of these stances are right. What I'm saying is if you truly believe what you say that you believe, which it's wrong anyway. Either way, you're, you're wrong. Listen, because people were anti-Jewish. I mean, my, my grandma was, and Catholics were very much anti-Jewish, and they were like, you, Jews killed Jesus, Jews but killed But if Jesus. my grandmother was alive right now, she would be supporting Israel. She would be supporting Israel just like everybody else. Meanwhile, saying these are the last days that were pro that were spoken of by Jesus and all the judgment is supposed to come on Israel. And yet we stand with them. This does not make any sense to me. All right, let's go to the covenant. I'll go back to the covenant because this is this is the this is the key. Uh, chapter eight, verse nine, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they continued not in my covenant. You know, I read today, I finished reading Joshua. And the, the, the charge that uh, Joshua gives to the people is this. You have to keep following in the ways of God. Is Israel following in the ways of God? Tel Aviv is just like L.A. It is hom the homosexual, LGBT, all kinds of craziness. Okay? So... Um, in Joshua, he says, now that verse 14, 24 verse 14, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods, which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that they served, uh, were on the other side of the, the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord, our, the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people. 
And Joshua said unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. Has Is Israel in sin? Yeah. Is You know they have a lot of Jewish people that are call themselves um, secular Jews or atheist Jews. They're just ethnic, ethnic Jews. You are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen you that you have chosen you the Lord to serve him and they said we are witnesses now therefore put away said he the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart unto the Lord of Israel so in in this particular blessing and cursing you have to follow God in order to be blessed it's not he doesn't Joshua doesn't say and God will bless you no matter what in the land that you are in he never says that they continually went after Melech. They continually went after Baal. And God punished them time and time again. Israel today is not in some sort of special dispensation where God says, I don't care. We if get you, a free pass on everything. I don't care you if you're doing. in sin. I don't care if you don't um, do. They're not doing any sacrifices, by the way, God. How, guys, how are, they, how are their sins being washed away? How are their sins being atoned? If you aren't doing the sacrifices, do you know how, how important these sacrifices were? Do you know what it means to keep the law? Well, you and I know that the law is done away with, but they are they don't. They don't accept Jesus. So they actually have to keep the law. So what does that mean for them? They can't they're none of them are keeping the law. They don't have a high priest. They don't go up once a let's, year. The high priest doesn't enter the temple once a year to offer up their sacrifices. Let's put this into perspective, Leah. During let's go back to any time in the Old Testament where the Jews had gone away from God, like you just read. Okay? Would you, if you went back in history, like let's say you could do that. What was that? What we used to watch when we were kids? Bible Adventures or something like that. Hannah Banana, Hannah Barbera, whatever. Superbook. You go back in time to the Bible and you're there. Would you then be going, yay, stand with Israel. Everything's great. You guys are doing awesome. Well, that's what Jeremiah got thrown in a well for. No, you'd be going and you'd be like, repent. God's going to judge you. Repent. Turn. Turn. Every time I'm reading the Old Testament and they go astray, I'm literally like, I'm yelling at them in my head. Would you just repent? Come on, man. Come on. Just repent. All right. So this covenant. For this is the covenant, Hebrew 8.10, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and I will write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. You guys, has he written his laws upon our hearts? Yes, ma'am. Is he our God and are we his people? Yes. He's my God. He's okay. So that's a now scripture. That is a now scripture. That is now. I believe it's Zechariah 8, 8. And I will bring them and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem and they shall be my people and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. Zechariah 8, 8. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least now to the greatest. Yeah. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Why? Why? Why is... That's Isaiah 54. 
Isaiah is quote Isaiah is is one of the, obviously one of the most prophetic books. Let me see Isaiah fifty four. And your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace to your children. In righteousness shall you be established. You shall be far from oppression, and you shall not fear. And from terror it shall not come near you. In that he says, a new covenant has he made the first old. Now, that which decays and waxes old is ready to vanish away. Hebrews was written before eighty seventy. It was waxing old and ready to vanish away. Meaning, did you know that the early Christians were still going up to the temple? Did you know that uh, Peter, James, John, even Paul would go from town to town and talk in the synagogues? That was the old way. It was convincing them. The old way. The old way is waxing old. It is vanishing. It is going to go away. Then, surely the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service. And a worldly sanctuary for their chapter nine, for there was a tabernacle made. The first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. Did you know that this does not exist anymore? It does not exist. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded in the tables of the covenant. And over it the cherubims of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But unto the second went the high priest, alone, once a year, not without blood, for which he offered for himself and for the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet, not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was still standing, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only uh, in meats and drinks and, and all kinds of washings, all these carnal ordinances imposed upon them until the time of reformation. But Christ, but Christ, being come a high priest for good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. What, Michelle? Not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building, neither the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood, he entered into once the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and of ashes of a heifer and sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this cause, he is the mediator of the new covenant, the new testament, the new covenant, the new testament. Israel, your covenant with God is broken. It's the old covenant. It doesn't exist anymore. There is not, God never said, and I will continue two covenants at the same time. He is very clear. I shall divorce the one and I shall marry the other. And if you want to be in this new covenant, the only way in is through the blood of Jesus Christ, where you go into the Holy of Holies and you enter in through the sacrifice of the lamb, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so tonight, anyone who hears the voice is the chosen of God. Come on. 
Anyone who hears the voice of God is chosen. Whether you are Muslim or Hindu, if you hear his voice and harden not your hearts and you let him come in and you let Jesus Christ come in, then you are the chosen people of God, regardless of race, regardless of creed, regardless of age, regardless of origin, regardless of country. You are the chosen people. And now to you Muslims, I am calling to you as deep calls the deep. And I say, come to me, my chosen people. Come to me. Come through Jesus, the mediator of a better covenant, the new covenant. You don't have to do Ramadan. You don't have to fast for a month every June. Don't you know the Holy Spirit wants to dwell inside of you and not only cleanse your sins so you go to heaven, but purge your conscience from dead works. All the sins you've done, all the bad thoughts you've said, all the wrong things you've done. He wants to purge that from your conscience. He wants to make it right. Everything that you've done wrong to to anybody else, he wants to show you how to make it right. He wants to be the redeemer of your past and your present and your future. And I call to you and I say, if you can hear the sound of my voice and you harden not your hearts, you are God's chosen people. And I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care if you are from a Christian nation. If you hear his voice and you answer his call, you are his chosen. So that was excellent, by the way, Leah. Virginia um, in the chat on Facebook, a little confused about what I was saying earlier. And then also says, aren't the Jews God's chosen people? And isn't the USA also favored by God? Here's the deal. This may come as a shock to a lot of people. And this is what we've been trying to get to with our, with the, all of our coverage on Israel the past couple of weeks, however long it's been. The better statement for the church to have used for the past 100 years would be that Israel was God's chosen people. But now we're all God's chosen people. But now those who answer the call are God's chosen people. Not every person that lives on the planet. There, Some people are going to hell. I'm sorry. They're not God's chosen people. But those who will eventually accept Christ or have already are God's only chosen people. There's no one special within that group. There's no one special on the outside of that group. Yes, the United States is favored by God. There are a lot of nations that are favored by God, but that doesn't make the United States God's chosen people. Why? And doesn't make Israel God's chosen people. Any country that's made a covenant with God, and here's the thing, Virginia, keeps that covenant. Yeah, we have to keep it. You see, America made a covenant with God. So God said, I'm going to bless you. Our founding fathers made covenants with God. George Washington said, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge God and implore him. Mm -hmm. And our founding fathers would have days of prayers and fasting. When things were going wrong, they said it must be some sort of sin in us. Yeah. And you see... Just as a parent needs to punish their children when they go astray and cannot bless them. God is a righteous God. And, and, and if a people once made a covenant with God and they stray from that covenant, mm-hmm. they can still come back into that covenant. So it's way easier for Jews to come back into that covenant. Even though it's a new one now. Rewritten but they have, to go, they have to go in. But here's the thing. It's not a brand new covenant. It is the same covenant in renewed, but okay, and better, and better. So they have to they they have the covenant with God. You are absolutely right. They have a covenant with God. They absolutely do. But God ripped it up and gave them a bill of divorcement. 
And God said, now you need to go through Jesus, the one and true mediator to come and get the blessings that, that you want to have. You know, what's really interesting about this. And this kind of ties into a lot of the deliverance work that we've been doing, um, over the past several weeks. One of the things that I often, that I've been often telling people is if you got married wrongly, but you're supposed to be married to that person, you kind of need to cut ties with everything that began that relationship in your heart. If it, if it was done wrong, if, if it you was slept done out, in sin, if you if you're sleeping outside of marriage, if it was done out of lust, it doesn't mean that you have to divorce that person. But what you do have to do is divorce that part of your heart because it wasn't on the right foundation. And then you renew with a better covenant. And I just find the similarity to of that, that I've already been speaking to people to kind of recovenant their marriage under God through Jesus versus under flesh through man is the exact same thing that Israel needs to do with God the Father and Jesus the Son. Follow me with the scripture. I know that this goes against what you might have been taught, but it's right here in the Bible. So let's read more of Hebrews chapter 9. Read it and soak it into your blood, okay, in your bones. Verse 15, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. He doesn't say that there's a mediator anymore of the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. Do you understand? That by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament. Guys, there is no covering of Jews' sin. There's no sacrifices. It's over. It's done. Jesus is it. Okay? He says uh, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called... They which are called, they which are called might receive the promise of internal inheritance. That's good. If you are called by God, Jew, Muslim, Hindu, whatever, you have the promise of eternal inheritance. It doesn't just say eternal salvation. It says that we're under the first testament. They which are called might receive the promise of in eternal inheritance. For where the testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the tester. So if you have a will, in order for that will to go into effect and for you to inherit what that person had left for you, that person has to die. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is no strength at all while they have testator lives. I have this house. You have a house. Your, your grandkids that you've left your house to don't get your house until you die. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet and wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying... This is the blood of the testament which God has enjoined unto you. This is the blood. This is the sign of this covenant. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and the vessels of the ministry. And almost all the things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Let me tell you this. For 2,000 years, the Jews have not been doing sacrifices. They have no remission of sin. And guess what? Jesus said, even if you were to sacrifice right now... I cannot acknowledge that. 
The Jew's sin has not been forgiven. So what that does is that puts them on the exact same playing field as everybody else that doesn't know Jesus. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these patterns of things in the heavens should be. This was the tabernacle was a reflection of what was in heaven. Okay. That's what it means by patterns. It just means examples. Themselves with better sacrifice, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands. Christ didn't go into the temple. He didn't sacrifice himself on the altar, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, all of us. Jesus now appears in the presence of God for Jew, Gentile, Muslim, Hindu, nor yet that he should offer himself all the time as the high priest entered into the holy place every year, but then he must often have suffered since the foundation of the world but now once listen to this in the end of the world now he says this this is a very important scripture he says now once in the end of the world he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself the end of the age the aeon that's the end of the age the end of that old age, that's what that meant. The end of the age, not the end of the cosmos. Okay? And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Before, guys, guess what? Before Jesus, you didn't go to judgment. You went to Abraham's bosom. Now you get judged. Because guess what? You have to be judged whether you're going to go to heaven or hell. Nobody goes to Abraham's bosom anymore. Do you understand? He went and preached captivity captives, gave gifts unto men. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Which means, when you see him in heaven, you will see him now. 9.28, the Israelites on the Day of Atonement. I want to, just before Wait, you move on. Can I, I'm not moving on. I'm explaining the Day of Atonement, verse 28, real quick. Let okay. me explain this. The Israelites on the Day of Atonement waited for the high priest to reappear after ministering in the most holy place so that they could receive assurance for their sins that had been atoned for. So it says Jesus Christ is going to appear, appear to you so you know. He see You can see him now. You'll, you know when you... All of you have seen him. You've seen him. He has visited you so that you know that you are saved. Go ahead. Well, I just want to read this in the New King James. And just see what your thoughts are when I read it in the New King James. This is why we go to different translations and oftentimes we go back to the original Greek and Hebrew. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. The reason why this is important to highlight there, the way that I read that, is that the purpose of the second coming of Christ is salvation. And we have friends who belong to a specific sect of Christianity that believes, because of verses like this, that because he quote unquote hasn't come a second time according to what they think, 
that we don't have salvation yet and that we all sleep when we die still. Okay. And so what I would say is this, for those asking about the second comings that are talked about in the New Testament, if the purpose of the second coming is salvation and we have salvation, where does that leave us? I'm just going to pose that to you guys. Romans 6, 10. Well, let's do um, 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, consider yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. And do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it to the lust thereof. Neither yield your, yourselves members as instruments of, of, of unrighteousness. We are to all, we've all died to ourselves. The only way we're in hev, in, seated in heavenly places is if we have died to ourselves. Now I want to go over here, back to Hebrews uh, chapter 3. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who has builded the house has more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was surely was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. And what I really feel like you guys don't quite grasp is the modern end times theory holds that Jesus and his church are one and God the Father and Israel are another. Completely separate. How? How? Jesus came for the Jews. He came for the Israelites. He came for the Hebrews first. We have joined into them. We're not taking, I don't, listen, it's his plan. He's the one that said I was allowed to be adopted in. He's the one that said I'm coming. He's the one that said, hey, this salvation thing is open to all people. And I just happened to say, thank you. I'd like that. Can I come and join you Jews at the table of God Almighty? Can I come and join you in your inheritance? And you look at me and spit at me and say, no, my, my inheritance and these things and this land is just for me. I'm going to, God told Abraham that his descendants would be as the stars in the sky and the sand of the sea. Do you think that he truly meant that the promised land for all those people would be in a tiny little postage stamp in the Middle East? Talk about cognitive dissidence. When you're talking about the promised land, you guys, it's not that big. It's not enough for the stars in the sky and the sand of the sea. God had to mean something besides that postage stamp. He had to mean... Hence the new Jerusalem. The entire world. Yeah. The new Jerusalem descends from above. God's chosen people are those who live in the new Jerusalem. And then we invade the and take over the entire planet <clears throat> for Jesus. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says today, if you will hear his voice, 
Do not harden your hearts, Israel, Jewish people, as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore I was grieved with that generation. God is grieved with any generation that doesn't see him. Hmm. If Israel of today does not see Jesus, God is grieved with them. Come on now, I didn't write it, he did. They do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. Does Israel know God's ways? God's ways are through his son, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus says, what, Michelle? If you have seen me, you have seen who? The Father. He says, no man can come to the Father but by who? Me. Can Israel or Jews go to God the Father through anybody but Jesus? No. Did Jesus say it or did I say it? Jesus. I feel like many people follow a different religion than what actually Jesus taught. Let me read a couple of comments. That's really good, Leah. Um, Rebecca says, he gave the Jews many opportunities, even in the Old Testament. Lorraine says, hi, Lorraine. Again, doctrine of demons to make the church lethargic and incapacitated and useless for the kingdom of God. We are to be casting demons to the lake of fire and manifesting heaven on earth. Yes. So simple, yet man complicates everything. Lord, have mercy. Terry says, God bless you for this revelation. Uh, Brian says, the ones to be honored at the Last Supper were the servers themselves, not those being served. Wow, good deal. Uh, Lorraine again says, truly his kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is from within. Love one another as he has loved us. Sherry in the chat says, trying to cause, oh, confusion, there's somebody, there's a bot. I don't know. Leave it and let's just see. I don't know if there's a bot. And I like this. Uh, Wagoneer, y'all make it very easy to understand. Oh, thanks. They're from right here in Cincinnati. Cool. That's what I like to hear. All right. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is still called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Are you still in Hebrews 3? Yeah. Do you think that Tel Aviv has a deceitfulness of sin? Aren't we supposed to exhort one another and tell them? For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. Do you know what scripture that is? It's pretty cool. That's Psalm chapter 9. Provocation in this version, it says rebellion. Mm. Which one is that? Let's see. Verse 15 here. Verse 6, 7. Psalm, where am I? Jimmy Boot on Facebook says, Yes, Tel Aviv does deceive the true word of God. Mm. Rebecca says, A lot of hardened hearts. No, that's so true. A lot of hardened hearts. Try this one. Nana Yaffa says, I got to send you guys my dream about doctrines of demons and men. Started the whole thing for this whole thing for me. Wow. It's awesome. Really? Love when God speaks in dreams. Me too. That's awesome. All right. Let's think this is one. 95. Where are you at? Psalm. Okay. Psalm 95. Come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. 
Let us make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel to the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture. The sheep are in his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the day of provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and I said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Guess what, guys? We are his sheep. This was David. And then here we have the author of Hebrews quoting Psalm 95. I love that so much that this is quoting that, that we are now all the sheep. And he's saying to everybody, don't harden your hearts. Mm -hmm. Israel, you have a hard heart. Jews, you have a hard heart. You are not letting the Messiah in. Well, you think that because of your heritage, because of your ways, because of your traditions that God has specially set you aside and you think, here's the thing, you're no different than the Muslims. The Muslims think that they can do tricks and, and tri tricks and all kinds of things and Allah's going to listen to them. Guys, they're, the, the, the things that you do with the washings and the, and the, the little curly cues on your, on your the Hasidic Jews. Yeah. And the things that you do and the things that you wear and all these things that you're trying to be holy. The, the, the Lord says, if you err in one section of the law, you've erred in them all. And I will hammer this home. The only way your sins are forgiven is by a blood sacrifice. And Jesus and God says, I will not honor. Did you know, Michelle, can you talk for a minute about all the different times people tried to randomly offer up sacrifices and didn't go so well? Talk about Saul. Saul did that. Yes, he did do that. Once. And if they were to randomly make an altar, that was God was not happy with people who randomly made up altars. Yes. Don't do it. I can't. There's nothing more to talk about. There's just all, all every example, which there's I think there's not a lot in the Old Testament. But there are, you know, a handful Anytime people took it upon themselves, well, I'm just going to do a sacrifice here. Or I'm going to do the sacrifice here. Right. You're not, you've not been made holy. You have to be, you, these sacrifices can only be made from the line of Aaron. Well, guess what? You're all Jews. Where's your line of Aaron? Where's your priestly line, Michelle? Where are the Levites? Where are the Pharisees? Where are the Sadducees? They don't exist anymore. You're just tribe of Judah. You can't be offering up any sacrifices. None of you are priests. So this is in um, 1 Samuel 13. I actually just read this the other day. So Samuel looks at, at, at Saul and he's like, what have you done? And Saul says, well, when I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together in Michmash, then I said, the Philistines will come now down to me at Gilgal and I have not made any supplication to the Lord. So I felt compelled and I offered a burnt offering. So Samuel says to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So essentially, what was the punishment for Saul when he sacrificed unlawfully? He lost the whole kingdom to David. Don't do it. Do not do it. Because what essentially what that, that translates to is if you're to do that, you will lose the call of God on your life. 
It yeah. will be given to someone else. But listen to this. Jeremiah 33, 18. This is a prophetic word. It says, no, oh, Jeremiah 33 is just so good. The whole, the whole thing. It is pretty good. All right. I'm just going to start with verse 14. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, where I will perform good things that where I will perform that good thing which I had promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. You guys, do you know the good thing that he's promising? It's not the land going back to Israel. It's talking about Jesus, you crazy nitwits. I'm sorry. I will perform that good thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. But in those days, what's the promise? It's like it's here, but like it's not here. In those days and at that time, I will cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Who is the branch of righteousness? Say it with me, class. The answer, Bible class, is always... Jesus. Jesus. Who's the branch of righteousness, Michelle? Jesus. Jesus. Okay. In those days and at that time, what time? The time of... God's vengeance. Jesus. The Jesus. time of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. All right. In those days shall Judah be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And you this forgot is... he shall execute judgment and All righteousness right. in the earth. Yes. Thank you. That's very important. And in those days shall Judah be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called. Jehovah to seek canoe. The, the Lord, Lord our righteousness. righteousness. She. Who's she? The church. She. Is the church, the body bride of, of Christ. Christ. For thus says the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of Israel. Neither shall the priests of the Levites want a man before me to offer burnt sacrifices and offerings and kindle meat offerings and do sacrifices continually. Now, Michelle. Yeah. For 2,000 years, have you seen any burnt sacrifices? No. So is this prophecy false? No. Wait a minute. Who's offering up sacrifices? For I will offer up a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord God on high. Remember that one? Yeah, but not... But you sacrifice of praise. Yeah, but I don't remember it very well. I don't either. I don't think I'm saying it really right. came to you. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, that's really good. Okay, so he has made us kings and priests. Sacrifice so, of praise is what so, it's getting at. So I'm, I'm waiting for these Jews to be like, thanks for keeping that going for us. We'll take over now. Because Jeremiah 33, 18 says pretty clearly, 17 and 18, for thus says the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. That's Jesus. Neither shall the priests of the Levites want a man before me to offer burnt sacrifices and kindle meat offerings and do sacrifices continually. Many people say that the church is not prophesied in the Old Testament. Who's offering the sacrifices then? Offering a sacrifice of praise. We are to live our lives as a what? Living. Revelation 1 what? 6. Wait. A living. Temple. Sacri sacrifice. Yeah. In, in, our, in our temple. Revelation 1 6. And he has made us kings and priests unto God his father. To him be glory and dominion forever. You all should know that one because it's in the intro of every Revelation Red Pill. Oh, my word. Come if you on, fail guys. that one, you lose 
the prize. Come on, guys. Okay. Hebrews is still mm -hmm. calling us. Mm -hmm. That's in my head now. Mm -hmm. Into the house of the Lord. All right. Today, if you hear not, uh, harden not your hearts. For, for some, when they heard, did provoke. Don't do it. However, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he was grieved 40 years. Was it not with them that he sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that he should not enter into his rest? But to them that didn't believe, do you understand that the type and the shadow of those who died in the wilderness is the type and the shadow of the Jews who don't believe in Jesus? Mm -hmm. And to enter and, into you know my rest. You know what's so amazing about the, that, Leah? What's that? 40 years. 40 years. years. And how long was it from the time of Jesus till 70 AD? 40 years. A generation. 40 years. Yeah. Very consistent. So he says, so we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Mm -hmm. So the verse, uh, chapter four, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. I thought one saved, always saved. Nope. Whoa. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, the Jews. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. What verse are you in? Shaman chapter 4, verse 2. Okay. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the they world. They shall not enter my rest, he says. Oh, they, okay. They shall... Not. It doesn't say not here. Here it says, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Okay, well, I'm... In it, wrath, you're not I think you're reading it backwards. I think I'm just... I'm seeing... Mine's just written King Jamesy. It's okay. fine. Um, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall... Oh, I, I guess you just read your version one they more time. They shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. God, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again in this place they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time, as it so has down, so been down. said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For who has who for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his work as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. Okay. And okay. is a discerner okay. of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So this is kind of cool. We're gonna do a little. We're gonna do a little thing now. Go to one, Psalm one forty-seven fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, 147.15. All right. He sends out his command to the earth. His sword runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the frost like ashes. He casts out his hail like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? 
He sends out his word and melts them. He causes his wind to blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any nation. And as for his judgment, they have not known him. Praise the Lord. All right. Jeremiah 23, 29. We're doing cross references here. This is my favorite thing to do. Follow me. All right. 23. Here we go. 23, 29. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who use their tongues and say, he says, behold, I am against those prophets, those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them. Awesome. So you see that he's talking about his word being a fire, uh, like a hammer. And there's another cross-reference, Isaiah 49.2. Okay, it says, And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he has hidden me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver he has hidden me. Mm. And then... Um, Ephesians 6, 17. All right. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I think it's talking about the sword of the spirit there. That's the reference. That's his word. The word yes, is the sword of the spirit. The we're of we're finding how all these scriptures fit together. And then I'll just read this one. Um, this is about dividing the soul and sunder. First uh, Corinthians 14. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of truth. First Corinthians so, what? 1425. The word of God, the sword of the spirit is designed to be a prophetic word that pierces to the heart. And um, when talking about a prophetic word, when somebody hears a prophetic word, um, but if all prophesy and there come in one that believes not, he is convinced of all, he is judge of all, and thus the secrets of his heart are made manifest. So falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you in truth. This is talking about using the use of spiritual gifts. Okay, so bring it back real quick in case people are getting a little bit lost. These scriptures we're talking about here in reference to the body of Christ as it stands today. We are talking about... Let us enter, therefore, into the rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief of the Old Testament. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and to the joints and the marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. As we begin to understand and reveal the God revealed to us in the Old Testament, as we understand his plan, then we begin to enact it in the New Testament with these spiritual gifts as we walk in them. But if you're constantly thinking that you're not God's chosen people or you're waiting on something to happen, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open to his eyes. Whew. Okay. So does anybody have any questions? <laughs> That's really good. Uh, Lorraine says, rest, enter the door of rest and safety, like PG taught regarding Cheshavon, um, or Heshavon. That's the new month that we just entered into. Patri Speaking of Patriot Gallery, she says, Jesus writes his laws on our hearts. 
and minds. And the anointing of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit of truth helps us not to sin, but obey uh, the commandments of God. The anointing God himself uh, teaches us all things heavenly and divine wisdom. Patriot Gallery just did a show on us ent entering into the new month of Heshvan. Uh, which is the Hebrew and the Hebrew calendar. And it mm -hmm. was absolutely phenomenal. As a matter of fact, I have no idea what she did a show on a little bit ago, but she was doing a live show right before we came on here. Yeah. Mom shows are great. I love Lorraine. Make sure you're tuning in to Patriot Galleries. Programs. All right. If you don't have any questions, we're going to Hebrew chapter 10. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices, which are offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is remembrance of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls or goats should take away your sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering you would not, but a body you has prepared me. You know where that's from? Can you put in Psalm 40, verse 6? Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. But then I said, Behold, I come, and the scroll of the book is written of me. I will delight to do your will, O God, and your law is within my heart. This, I just love seeing the cross references. Therefore he comes into the world, says he, sacrifice and offering you would not, but a body you have prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have no pleasure. He has no pleasure in the burnt sacrifices of sin. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, to do your will, O God. We just read that. That was the same cross reference. Thank you. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you would not. Neither have you pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. For then he said, Lo, I come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. There we go. He takes away the first. You guys, the covenant, the old covenant's over. If we're, so for those of you that are, we're still talking about Israel. And the big giant question of, but Leah and Michelle, isn't Israel God's chosen people? Okay. We are all God's chosen people. And these scriptures that we are going over with you tonight are the proof of that. Okay. So the different terms used for Levitical sacrifices represent four of the five types of offering prescribed by the Mosaic law. Peace offerings, meat offerings, burnt and sin. And offerings in the Bible in the ancient Near East. Now I want to do a little, the cool thing about the Revelation Red Pill is we like to take historical things and put them into spirit in, into kind of where where are we at kind of on the biblical timeline. So I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about sacrifices and offerings in the Bible. The Mosaic Law prescribed five categories of sacrifices and other offerings. Burnt offerings affected atonement and emphasized total devotion to God. Meat offerings or grain offerings expressed an individual's petition for God's bestowal of covenantal blessings as well as the dedication of the fruit of his or her labor to God. Peace offerings, sometimes referred to as the fellowship offerings, accompanied expressions of thanksgiving or were offered in fulfillment of vows. As the occasion for a communal meal, such as offering emphasized covenantal fellowship, 
Then there were the sin and the purification offerings. Um, they affected um, exipation for the unintentional sins or freedom or, you know, wiping away of sins for unintentional sins, such as those committed from negligence, as well as for ritual impurity. So Connor and Brady would need the uh, purification offering from That's negligence. Awesome. Trespass and reparation offerings for guilt offerings provided atonement for unintentional sins against God's holy things and commandments. The aspect of restitution was intrinsic in these mandatory offerings. In addition to the above, the Israelites were required to bring tithes and other offerings. Different types of offerings were presented in diverse combinations on various occasions, such as during the ordination of priests and the, sanctif and the sanctifying of sacred objects, during the daily sacrifice and annual feast, and at milestone moments in the life of a family. It is difficult to uncover the full significance of each offering, especially since the regulations in Leviticus 1-7 through 7 were directed to the priests, in some sense the religious professionals, and are therefore somewhat terse, without a great deal of amplification in the terms of their meaning. Leviticus 17-11 indicates clearly enough, however, that the costly blood of the animal sacrifice was God's provision to atone for the offender, whose offerings were most likely accompanied by psalm singing, confession of sin, and or special petitions. Viewed in this light, it is clear that the laws governing the presentation of Israel's offerings were not heavy burdens, but rather welcomed means by which God's people could officially recognize their sins, experience God's forgiveness, and remain secure within his covenant. If you are not offering up these sacrifices, you are not secure in his covenant. So you, God's not going to come and say, oh, I'm going to suddenly fulfill this covenant that I have with you when they have no way of securing this covenant. He nowhere says, and for 2,000 years, I know you will have no way, and I will take away the means for you to secure this covenant, and then I'll come back for you, you people who are not And then it even... also begs the question, though, Leah. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. I know you're going to keep reading. But again, and I know this may sound confusing for those of you that are not 32 episodes in, into episode 33 now. Okay? Try to keep up. I think you can. If the Jews are separate from everyone else... Mm -hmm. And they will all, all eventually come to God. Mm -hmm. Here's my, and, and that is not true, by the way. But this is the, this is what is taught. Mm -hmm. But without the details, because if they actually taught it with the details, you would kind of scratch your head and go, huh? Are you sure? Mm -hmm. Where are they? Where are the ones that have died over the past 2,000 years right now? Do they go to Abraham's bosom? Where do they go to heaven? Do they go, do they get pulled do they out of hell? Do they go to heaven? They just do they just go to heaven? Every Jew that dies, do they just go to heaven? According to these people. I'm not asking a legitimate question. I'm asking what are their thoughts? Yeah. Do they believe that they just that the Jews just go to heaven? Mm -hmm. Again, this goes back to dispensationalism. This goes back to modern end times theory. This yeah. is why we've been exposing it for 33 episodes. Because the inconsistencies. Yeah. I would love to just sit down and talk with dispensationalists on this who believe that the promises are for Israel. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to know, where are they right now? Are they still just sleeping? Well, some say that the only the ones that are going to come in will be the ones in the last days, and everybody else died and went to hell. Well, that's not fair either. No, it's really Why not. would that even be a thing? To answer my own question, I will tell you where they are. God, it says, judgment must begin with the house of the Lord. It means it began then, and then it has continued for all mankind forever. You see... Every person is judged on their own merits and whether they know Jesus. And so everyone prior to Jesus was given an opportunity. They were then judged. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Judgment began with the house of the Lord, and then we all face our own personal Mm -hmm. judgment day before God. And so, all of the Jews, from the beginning of time until now, have faced the same exact judgment day that you and I will face. Mm -hmm. There's no getting away from it. That's where they are. But if the promises of all Jews will eventually come to know Christ then that would almost say that the bad ones that were judged that went to hell will then be sucked out of hell and brought to heaven one day. And that's not true either. Um, So these, these particular sacrifices were actually kind of blessings. And I think that that's a type and a shadow of what the blessing it is for us to offer up a sacrifice of praise. Um, At the same time, portions of every offering, except for the whole burnt offering provided food for priests and their families. Although, although Leviticus 1 through 7 is unparalleled among ancient Near Eastern, Eastern texts in its de- degree of detail, the sacrifice of animals, as well as offerings and libations, poured offerings of other foods and drinks, was by no means peculiar to Israel. A wide range of technical sacrificial terms uh, is found in texts from the late Bronze and early Iron Age Canaanite areas, including uh, the Ugarit, the Phoenician, the Syria. Ammon and Moab, they demonstrate that Israel's neighbors also had elaborate sacrificial systems. In Ugarit and Phoenicia, for example, burnt offerings, fruit and grain offerings, and libations were specified, but certain animals, pigs in particular, were forbidden for use as sacrifices to Baal. The Ugarit practiced uh, both whole burnt offerings uh, that fed a deity and peace offerings that nourished the people. The great religious centers of Egypt and Mesopotamia also stipulated highly ordered and meticulous sacrificial practices. But despite all commonalities, Israel's sacrificial system was unique by the virtue of its covenantal context. Its complex sacrificial laws made sense within the bounds of the story of God's redemption of his people from Egyptian bondage. The sacrificial system was not magical. Its efficacy depended not upon the offering of a particular animal, although following the prescribed rules was essential because it taught the Israelites that they were to approach God only on his terms but rather on God himself, who had ordained the, the sacrifices. Fully as important, without an attitude of repentance, um, a, a perfunctory observance of, sexual, observance of sacrificial rituals was meaningless and denounced repeatedly by God's prophets, saying, if you're not really meaning it, it doesn't mean anything for God. It doesn't mean anything for you. Okay? Um, so going back to... Um, Hebrews chapter 10, where are we? For lo, for, for verses 9, for then he said, Lo, I come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, and he may establish the second, by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once and for all. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifices for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. He is reigning now and we are designed here to make sure that God's enemies become his footstool. It's one of my favorite scriptures for by one offering, he has perfected for them perfected forever them which are sanctified. Wherefore the Holy ghost also is a witness to us. For after he has said before, this is the covenant which I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. 
And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke one another to good works. It was talking about with uh, Connor and Brady. Not forsaking the assembling of our, ourselves together as a manner some is, but exhorting one another. So much the more as you see the day approaching, and that's the day of the temple being destroyed. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. This is this. I know this one terrifies people. You're okay. Um, for a certain fearful looking for the judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much more sore punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he has sanctified the unholy things and hath done despite to the Spirit of grace. Who is he talking to? The Jews of the day. Yes. He is talking to the Jews of the day. How much more will they be punished? For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongs to me. I will recompense, says the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. When did he judge his people? 7080. It's kind of a theme running in this whole show. Um, it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. But call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. Partly whilst you were made a gain stock, uh, gazing stock, both by reproachers and afflictions, reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions with them who were used. Um, and he talks about, you've been compassionate of me with my bonds. He's talking about being persecuted by these Jews. And it talks about having faith. Having faith, having faith, having faith. Seeing everybody went into the promised land by faith. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, a bunch of people. Abraham. I'm skipping over them. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Moses. By faith, Samson Moses again. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And what were they looking for, Michelle? What did they have faith in? Jesus. The Messiah that would come. Now, has the Messiah come? He has come. So, the covenant is for the people that believe in the Messiah. For those who are looking towards the Messiah. If you pass up the Messiah, you got to go back to the Messiah. The, let me say that one more time. The covenant is for those who by faith are believing in the Messiah. If the Messiah comes, you don't, the, you don't have the covenant. He's, you've bypassed the Messiah. You know what it's like? You're driving along, you got your GPS, you're headed to your destination, and you miss that exit. Yeah. She ain't going to reroute you. Turn, yeah, it's pretty, she's usually pretty brutal. She gonna reroute you. She never, you ain't gonna get there unless you get rerouted and go back. She never says just turn around. Why doesn't she ever see just turn around? Any questions? So far, so good. Samuel says, amen. I remember the first time I understood that. What a blessing we walk in today. It makes sense why the Jews today are going to build another temple and start sacrificing again. They don't read the New Testament. They don't know They don't know as they follow the Talmud. I don't think that that third temple is getting rebuilt. 
They want to, though, because you're right, because the Hasidic Jews are reading this, and they know that it doesn't... And that's why... That's why if you come to our chicken butchering class on Saturday... Which you can register for on resistancechicks.com forward slash chicken workshop. You can literally come to our house. We never dox ourselves, but this time we're letting you come to our home. This is the first time we have ever opened up our home to Resistance Chicks viewers in seven years. Yeah, in order to get the my address, though, you have to pay me. 25 bucks. Because you're going to get a chicken to come home. Now, these chickens, let me tell you where these chickens are coming from. You don't get my chickens because I need my chickens, 50 chickens. My friend, Jacob, he raises out chickens for Hasidic Jews. This is where it comes full circle. <laughs> and there are Hasidic Jews that on the Day of Atonement, they do truly believe that there has to be a sacrifice of blood. So they have eat it, farmers. Really bothers me. I know it's really disgusting. It's really such a waste. They have farmers raise out chickens for them just and, to kill them. And for each each person needs a chicken killed, and so they slit the throat of a chicken. And so Jacobs um, had an extra him. forty birds that have not been killed. We're going to actually kill them for the that right are reasons. alive that they that they these Hasidic Jews did not need. Yep. We're saving them. And so we have purchased them on credit here for you. And you guys are going to go home with your own butchered chicken. Should have had you save that cash out that I just deposited. That was not smart of you. Now we That's have to right. get it back out. Now i got to give him a check or something. You're not giving this man a check. You're going to give him cash. Let me read a couple of comments here. Isaiah 41.10 says, Yes, that never made sense to me. How could they all be saved, even the ones who rejected Jesus? Patriot Valerie says, Jesus loves us without sin, which means he doesn't harm us and lead us away from sin and sinners that do harm us with the love and the power of the spirit of truth. Rob Roy 417 says, Christians are now the temple of God, the dunamis power of God, and the, uh, I don't even know what that word is, exousia, authority, of God operates through Christians by the work of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven is within the Christian. Amen. Now, Sherry wants to know, so they don't follow the Torah anymore. No, when we said that they follow the Talmud, uh, they do follow Torah, but they actually really just follow Talmud. Because if they followed Torah, then they would have to do sacrifices. And the Talmud came out of Babylon. And that's why people call it the Babylonian Talmud. Yep. And so it's very tricky. And I know some of you have sent me some of the stuff from the Talmud. Some of the pedophile stuff, I get it. Yeah, I, I don't want to share it. It's crazy. It's weird. The Talmud, no, no bueno, no, no good. Oh, bueno. now how do we offer up sacrifices? Okay, somebody actually put the Wesley put the lyrics in here, and I love you for that. Um, the song is "We Bring the Sacrifices of Praise into we the House." We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. Joy. He said joy. That was really and attitude. And Forgive us for that. I'm okay. so sorry. I hope that didn't uh, hurt your ears too badly. We're going to finish Hebrews 13. Because oh, we're into the, up on a good, good, good note. Okay, verse 9. Do not be carried away with all kinds of strange doctrines, for it is a good for it is good a good thing that the heart is established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them, uh, which have been occupied therein. He's basically saying to those of you who don't eat pork, well that's fine with you, but if you're preoccupied with that, it doesn't really help you very much. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what he says. 
Um, we have an altar. We're on. They have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Okay? Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside of the gate. Let us go forth, therefore. Jesus was not sacrificed in the temple, right? Mm. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Oh, wait, Michelle. Did you see we don't have... A continuing city? Jerusalem they, is not our city? They do not have the continuing city, but we do. No, we, we don't have to come. We, we seek one to come. We, they, we have a continuing city, but not one on earth. Okay? For by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to him continually. That is the fruit of our lips and giving thanks to his name. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We praise you. But to do good and to communicate, do not forget, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Did you know that we can offer up sacrifices by doing good and helping the poor? It's amazing. Like literally, Jesus says, if you have clothed the naked, fed the hungry, or given water to the thirsty, you've done it to him. These are sacrifices that we can offer up to him continually. You know, we could go our whole life and not actually offer him up any good sacrifices. Yep. We need to be helping one another. We need to be giving to one another. We need to be singing to God. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves uh, for they watch for your souls that, that they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief uh, for that is unprofitable to you. He says, tr uh, pray for us for we trust that we have a good conscience in all things willing to, to live honestly. Now the God of peace that brought again the dead um, from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the what? everlasting covenant you guys the old covenant's done it's over we're part of one that never finishes and i'm telling you israel jew muslims everybody come on in everybody make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight through sight through jesus christ that's it that's it that's what i got to tell you that's all I got to tell you today. So, Leah, where is Israel on the prophetic timeline? That's what we, That was the ultimate question posed, asked, and a lot of people want to know where are they? Mm. Where Where is Israel on the prophetic timeline? Right here, right now. We are unfortunately grafted in. I know. I know that it hurts some people's heads. I know that it hurts some people's heads, but we are here. You know what I wonder. Leah, when did all of this start with the idea that Israel is God's chosen people and we're just an afterthought? Because the church has not always believed that. The 150 years ago, John Darby. No, no, no. Christians did not have a very good view and, and to, their, to a fault. Of the Jews. I do believe that they that's way easier to get a Jew um, who believes in God the Father to believe in God the Son. It, uh, they are, they are the true branch. The true tree, and now it's way easier to graft them back in, as Paul mm -hmm. says. 
So we need to be reaching out to the Jews and to the Muslims. And and, and to that, you know, I kind of wish we would eventually, you know what we should do? Maybe we might do this next week. I don't know. We'll see. How to lead a Jew to Christ mm -hmm. with the scriptures from the Old Testament. That is something that the church has not done. We're sorely lacking in that. If you meet a Jew, how can you present Jesus to them using the Old Testament? And I think doing an episode on that would be an incre incredibly useful tool. Mm -hmm. Using um, Isaiah and using the Psalms is going to be your best bet. And, uh, and, and, and then cross-referencing those with the matching scriptures in the New Testament um, that would be a literal class that people would want to take. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that's, that's what I did. I asked God to reveal himself to me, and here's the thing. That's why I ended up, how do you lead a Jew to Jesus? Well, could, they, could you please start by watching Revelation Red Pill? <laughs> because that's exactly what I did. And when I think and I would hope that any Jew who would watch our show would see the Messiah in the Old Testament. That's that's the whole point. That you need to see. You need to see him. So talking about Israel, you were wondering. Stephen addressed the uh, people in Israel. Then the high priest said, Are these things so? And he said, Brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran. And he said to him, get out of your country and from your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved him to his land, this land in which you now dwell. And God gave him no inheritance in it, not even enough to set his foot on. But even when Abraham had no child, he promised to give it to him for a possession and to his descendants after him. But God spoke in this way that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land and that they would bring them into bondage and oppress them 400 years. And the nation to whom they will be in bondage, I will judge, says God. And after that, they shall come out and serve me in this place. Then he gave him the covenant of the circumcision. And so Abraham begat Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob and Jacob begat the 12 patriarchs. And the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him to govern over Egypt and all his house. And he talks about the famine. And then verse 17, And when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. And we know that story. And then there was Moses. Verse 23, And when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren. Uh, the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, Moses, he defended and avenged him who he was oppressed. And he tells the whole story about that. But then he goes to verse 37. This is that Moses, which said to the children of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on the Mount Sinai and with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give to us, whom our fathers would not obey, but rejected. And in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, make us gods to go before us. And as for Moses, who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. 
And they made him a calf in those days, offered sacrifice to the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them to worship the host of heaven, as is written in the book of the prophets. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You also took up the tabernacle of Molech and the star of your god, Remphan, images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern as he had seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers. However, verse 48, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands. As the prophet says, what, Michelle? Verse 49. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. How are we to stand with Israel when Stephen didn't? How are we supposed to say you're God's chosen people when, it, when Stephen didn't? Come on, are we better than Stephen? Are those are these Israelites that deny Jesus Christ better or worse? Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and the murderers, who have received the law by the direction of the angels and have not kept it. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed their teeth. And being full, and he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven. And saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And then he cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not change them with this, charge them with this sin. And when he said this, he fell asleep. He went to eat. So you wonder, where is Israel now? Israel's at the same place. Israel, we, the, there's the new Israel and there's the old Israel. So any sort of Israel, 1948, with Jews in it, is still where Stephen is saying, hey, y'all need Jesus. The new Israel, the new Jerusalem, is ascended from above. That is where we're at on the biblical timeline. All right, let's end in prayer. Uh, I like what Samuel says. It's um, one one for Israel org is doing that with Isaiah fifty three. Mm, that's so good. Yes, um, they are. They Samantha are. Samantha says I would love an episode like that. So maybe we will do that next week and play some videos too, which are very encouraging. Um, when you see videos of Jews that come to Christ, it's one of the most powerful things you'll ever witness in your life because there is something that is very powerful about it. Um, that I cannot explain. So Lee and I are not tossing away the significance of being a Jew. Like Leah said, and I wish we had pulled up this scripture today, but we didn't because I don't have the reference. I'm not a chapter and verse girl. Um, but Paul literally says that it is easier for the original branch to, to, to be grafted back in. So they're cut off, Right. And so let's say you have an apple tree and you cut off the apple tree branch. It's much easier for that apple tree branch to be grafted back in than for, say, 
a pear tree branch to be grafted in because it's part of the original, but they still have to be grafted back in because they were cut off. Do you understand? Um, but there is something beautiful about the original. And I remember early on with resistance chicks, I want to say maybe two, three years in, and there were a lot of anti-Semites coming onto our channel. A lot of Jew haters, a lot of people that call out the Rothschilds and everything is the Zionists fault. And there's still some of you that exist. I think a lot of you guys have left our channel, but I did this video um, because God had given me a word about the Jews and the prodigal son. And I sat outside in the donkey cart of all things. And I wish I had that video. I don't even know where I would even find it. I don't even know that it exists. It might be deleted in the millions of videos that we did on YouTube that are gone. But essentially the word was a parable that God gave me of kind of an old shoemaker, you know, go back like maybe a hundred years or something like that. 150 years. I'm just thinking like I was envisioning like out like, um, Heidi or something like that. And he adopts he has this, this one daughter that goes astray, but he loved that daughter. And, but he adopts a new daughter who he loves and is this, it's, it's, it's as if she's his daughter and he loves her. And there is no qualms about the fact that she is his daughter. But knowing that he did love his original daughter, the new daughter, if she really loved her father, would desire for that other daughter to come yeah. back and would do everything that she could to try to win her back to her father. And it makes me very sad to see the people on. So we're talking about two different groups of people. We've got the Christians that are like, yay, Israel. And they kind of fall in that category. Mm -hmm. But then we've got the truthers that hate the Rothschilds so much that they believe that the Jews are responsible for everything bad that's happening in the world, which frankly is not true. Satan is mm -hmm. full stop. He's not using only Jews. He'll use anyone. Um, they don't have that heart. And, and frankly, I question whether you love your father. Right. So, so just a couple more on Israel. Cause I to round this off Romans nine, but it is not that the word of God has taken no effect for they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac, your seed shall be called. That is those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. I didn't say it. It sounds pretty harsh. Yeah. But the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac. For the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil that the purpose of God according to election might stand. That's why Jews really shouldn't have, and none of us should ever have an abortion or use birth control because you never know. The kids are in the seed. Not of works, but of him who calls. And it said to her, the older shall serve the younger. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. But what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whoever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. For the scripture says to the Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. And you will say to me, Why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? But indeed, O man... 
Who are you to reply against God? Will the thing form say against the form? But you can kind of see uh, that's where that scripture is going in a couple more. Romans 11, 2. God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Know you not what the scripture says? I'm going to put this to New King James real quick. It says, what you not? Yeah. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he, how he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, left and they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed their knee to Baal. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. In, I'm sure in Israel there's a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, it's no longer of works. The election and the covenant is by grace, not by works. Otherwise, grace is of no effect. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it, and the rest were blinded, just as it was written. Go ahead. God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that should not see, and ears that should not hear to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and bow down their back always. What? Uh, I say then, have they stumbled that they should not, that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Can we keep going? Now, if their fall is riches for this world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness for I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle by the gen to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh, and some of them, that's the Jews, if by um, for their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their exceptions be, acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you being wild olives here, this is the one we were talking about earlier, uh, a wild olive tree were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Do not boast against the branches. For if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said, because of unbelief, they were broken off and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you, goodness. If you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. So we are supposed to continually bring in Israel back in. Okay, be mindful of that. And that part we didn't just now read was, and if they do not continue in unbelief, then they will be grafted back in it. That's what mm -hmm. that just said. The next verse that's, that's talking about the Jews. If they yeah. don't continue in unbelief, they will be grafted back in. Okay. I think that's good. All right. Let's pray. Uh, Rob Roy says we are definitely not invalidating the Jewish people. We are simply saying under the new covenant, all Jewish persons and Gentile races must attain salvation through Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. Amen. Chris says, the cross-references bring it all together perfectly. The Word shows us how to follow Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. I love it. All right, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your Word and the fact that you gave us essentially more citations than David Barton in all of his books. You have cited your work within your own work, and I thank you for that. I thank you that you have given Leah the passion to dig it out 
and uh, the understanding to be able to present it to us. I lift up everybody that's watching right now, wherever they're uh, struggling in their lives, Lord God, I pray that you shore it up with the word. I pray that those that are seeking land, that you bring them the land. Those that are seeking healing, you bring them healing. Those that are seeking deliverance, that you bring them deliverance. Those that have a prodigal that is gone astray, that you mm. bring them home and uh, you unify people. Those that have a job that they, that they would then leave it for a calling. Mm. And uh, so Lord, we lift up all these things to you. We thank you that you are the author and finisher of our faith, that moving forward, we know that the body of Christ is bringing the kingdom of heaven here mm -hmm. on earth. And we have every reason to be excited and everything to look forward to. And I just pray that you empower the listeners right now. Anybody that's listening to the sound of my voice, that you baptize them in fire, that you baptize them in the Holy Spirit to be able to do the work of the ministry. We need all saints on board, all saints equipped for the work of the ministry. So Lord God, I pray that you are a good giver of gifts unto men, that you freely give these gifts. Mm. And for those that are asking, Lord God, I just pray that you give them to them. Those that say, yes, I would love to be able to uh, bring people to Jesus. Like mm. Virginia says, I pray that you give her that ability to yes. bring Jesus, people to Jesus, yes. to bring Jews to Jesus. Lord God, at the end of tonight's episode, I pray that everybody that's listening to me will have an opportunity to lead a Palestinian or a Jew to Jesus. Mm. Just as a result of watching this episode, somehow, Father God, I or pray that Muslim you make that happen general. or a Muslim. Lord God, we know that it is your will that all men come unto you. So I pray for the massive harvest that is about to come and that the body of Christ may be ready for it. And I thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys. We will see you on Friday for our weekly news roundup. First on brighteon.tv at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on our after show right here on Facebook and Rumble and DLive and CloudHub, wherever you like to watch it. And then it'll be uploaded after afterwards on all of our favorite platforms. We were just asked today um, what tinctures would we recommend for somebody who's trying to get off of Oxycontin, like pain medication. Mm -hmm. Vicky Natale's um, Extreme Terpenes. These are the CBD and they've got three or four different kinds. This is a natural pain medication. Yeah. Um, I I know that it, they're, it's a little expensive, but I do recommend that you try it if you need to get off pain medication. Um, it's highly potent. Uh, there's a PM version if you need to sleep at night through your pain uh, and use promo code RC. We don't um, just randomly, you guys know, we do not just recommend things. Uh, Nikki, Nikki Vitale is a Christian. She's a friend. She prays over all of these things. She asked the Holy Spirit. She said, I don't want to put lotions and things on my face. Um, so she got the turpins, but she also has a lotion. She also has these serums. I never thought I would not need lotion ever again. Flawless face serum. And then I'm literally putting frankincense, highly chrysium, myrrh, tea tree, carrot seed, rosemary on my face and the highest of highest essential oils. And this little bottle will last you a couple months. It's just for, it's so inexpensive for what it is. Imagine like all the lotion, like a giant bottle of lotion for your face. This is not going to work for your body. <laughs> but for your face, this goes way far. So far. use promo code RC at the checkout. And if you want to go to, it's, if you want the terpenes, I was just at the website, obe.organicbodyessentials.com. Mm -hmm. Or if you want like the flawless face serum, um, organicbodyessentials.com, use promo code RC. And remember, guess what, guys? Gold is up over $20 in like 24 hours. Why? Because poop is hitting the fan. So again, please give ITM Trading a call. Save your savings. Um, save your 1-866-950-7776 or go to okay. learn, learn 
itmtrading.com for forward right? slash chicks. I say it right? You say it wrong every time. Is it 401k? Yep. Ah! It's, and here's why. Here's, I've tried to explain this to Leah. I literally said to myself, no, it's good. It's, it's, but it's never okay. Just remember that. It's never okay. You know, okay. in my head I see 401k and I always think I'm saying it wrong. Right, but it's never okay. So I, ne I don't have one, so it doesn't matter. But you do. And so go to IT and trading. They're going to help you figure out if you're going to buy land, if you're going to... Now, you know what Patriot Gallery did? What did she do? Let's pull this up. This is so cool. And this will be, and we, this is what we will leave with. So let me go to Rumble. She uploaded this. Let's so this past Rumble. weekend, we did a phenomenal event at uh, We the People. Uh, Westside We the People. No. We the People of Southeast, uh, Southwest Ohio. I can get it right. And... Um, Patriot Gallery, did you put this up? I thought it was on Rumble. Is it on BitChute? We had some um, amazing testimonies come out of there, you guys. Just super amazing. It was awesome. We, we, uh, we have All the footage is online. You guys can go and watch it. However, we have all these Founders Bibles to sell because of Brad Cummings. Uh-huh. And uh, Patriot Gallery took the flyer that I printed off that, that was on our, like, page. Mm-hmm. And she took the interview with Brad Cummings and Mike Adams, and she made a little commercial. Oh, wow. There's, there's about 1,200 so pages of some of the most inspiring history, oh, foundations of government, and just about every issue under the sun that's addressed from both a biblical perspective and from the perspective of the founders who, who basically laid down the foundation for this nation. They had an incredible desire to see freedom for everyone. It's well, the I first time you had elites Brad of the world that were breaking from the world How? system and saying, you know this what? This is not just for us. This is it's for the collective common man. The and they laid down a foundation that would allow that to be possible. Um, I think what's in the Founders Bible is 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 the kind of time-tested wisdom and truth. It, it comes out of, you know, David Barton is our, our signature historian. He's got a vault of original source documents that's second only to the Library of Congress. <laughs> wow. We weren't crazy. That it's just, I want you to do the Founders Bible. And I'm going like, what's that? And he says, it's everything that you've been seeing and been inspired by, but feathered throughout. I, I, I said, we... He said, I want people to know my purpose for this nation as a light unto the nations. This is not about some rah-rah America thing. This is about God's desire for freedom, liberty for the common man. And, yes. But we have uh, a good 20,000 of the hardcovers, and I have the leather soft and the heirloom edition. They're just – it's all the same interiors. They're just different bindings. But, um, yeah, they, they can order them, and we can get them out, but – if, if we don't actually understand the contract that we have kind of with God and with each other, we're never going to live it. Wow. So, so Patriot Gallery put that together, a little advertisement for the Founders Bible. So if you want to get Founders Bibles, if you live locally, you may come and visit Leah and I. We will allow you to do that. That will send save me a message. you uh, $10 in shipping. Yes. Um, you can come and just send me an email. You can come and get them in person and pay us. We have a hundred left. All right. They're normally $80, but with our 20% discount, they're $65. Um, that's in person or online, but online you have to pay shipping. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. um, so if you would like a case of Bibles, text me or, or not text me, email me 
and um, we might be we can get them a we'll little, get you a little bit cheaper deal. if you in their case of eight. And you, they actually get cheaper on the website the more you buy. Yeah, like I kid you not. Um, so use promo code Resistance Chicks. On thefoundersbible.com. That's thefoundersbible.com. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that there are there is a limited number in this printing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be giving these away for Christmas, you need to order them now. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's full stop. They have the heirloom version and the leather-bound so version. What we aren't selling, though, if you want the leather-bound version, it's have that not available yet. It will be available... And it says pretty soon, November first, I think. November tenth. Okay. November first on the heirloom di- editions will be done on the tenth. The yeah. leather ones will be done on the first. And I highly recommend the leather one. Um, if you guys have, you know, if you want to keep that as a, like an extra family heirloom, um, these are really great, really great Bibles, guys. I just love them. So, all right. Yeah. So thefoundersbible.com. All right, we will see you later this week. Um, we will probably be doing a video tomorrow when we put up our vote no sign, so you can check that out. Be on the, the lookout for that. If you know of anybody that lives in Ohio, you must tell them to vote no on issue one. Get we we will also be voting no to... on issue two as well. Yes, I'm voting. I am not putting marijuana in the Constitution. It doesn't belong there. That's ridiculous. All right, so uh, remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, we love you. God loves you. God bless. And don't forget, Patriot Gallery took that interview that, that you just saw the little clips from with Brad so Cummings. So good. And she uploaded it. It was an interview with Mike Adams and Brad Cummings. It's one of the best interviews I've seen on Israel, including our own. Uh, and, and Brad knocks it out of the park. So I want to encourage you guys to go and watch that and share it with everyone that you know. Because here's the deal. If, if you've got friends that are not as, you know, victorious eschatology as we are, Brad finds a nice middle ground mm-hmm. there, but also just says ex- essentially what we've been saying. Y'all need Jesus. The Palestinians, mm-hmm. the Muslims, the Arabs, the Jews, the Israelis, the atheists, all of them. Everyone needs Jesus, and that will fix this problem, and it's going to. It is going to. Remember, we reign as kings and priests right now, and, and don't forget to watch the videos that Patriot Gallery has done on the new Hebrew month um, that we are in. So super exciting times there. So, All right, we'll see you next time right here from resistancechicks.com. I hope you have enjoyed this week's Revelation Red Pill Wednesday.